Hi everyone, this is Holly Gilbert Stowell, your host of Security Management Highlights. Thanks for tuning in to this bonus episode and be sure to subscribe to us on iTunes or SoundCloud. I'm here at the 62nd Annual ASIS International Seminar and Exhibits, and we're having the pleasure of speaking with Scott Stewart. He's the Vice President of Tactical Analysis at Strat4, and our Homeland Security Editor, Lily Chapa, is here today. Welcome, Scott. Welcome, Lily. Hi. Thanks for having me. Thanks, Holly. I'm going to hand it over to Lily because she is our Homeland Security Editor and has a lot of questions regarding counterterrorism trends and generally what's going on in the space. So, Lily, over to you. Thanks, Holly. I guess we can start out by saying the fact that we're here in Orlando where the Pulse nightclub shooting took place just three months ago. And we also just observed the 15th anniversary of the September 11th attacks. What would you say have been some of the most important changes in how the U.S. approaches national security between those two events? Well, I think we've really seen a, a huge momentum change in, in the attention given to terrorism. You know, after 9-11, it became the primary focus of really every agency. The FBI, the CIA, they, they all had other priorities prior to 9-11. But in the wake of that, everybody's really been focused on preventing the big terrorists. And, and of course, it, it, it's helped. We haven't seen that follow-on, the huge follow-on attack everybody feared right after 9-11, and that's because of the hard work and the good work that's been done to really counter the threat and to, to go after and degrade you know, the high-level organizations that can pull off those sorts of spectacular attacks. Absolutely. Is there anything you would say there's still room for improvement on? Well, there's always room for improvement. There, there's, uh, you know, that, that's never going to, to go away. But I think one of the things that, that I'm concerned about today is we, we have had a shift in the threat really over, over the last decade or 15 years away from one of these you know, professional all-star teams of terrorists that have really good tradecraft that are capable of pulling off these 9-11 type attacks, really you know, more towards these uh, terrorist operatives working under the leaderless resistance model. Some people call them lone wolves. I prefer stray mutts. But, but these stray mutts that are kind of operating under, under leaderless resistance, you know, thinking globally, acting locally, and pulling off these more simple attacks. Now, a, a lot of attention has been placed upon that, especially in, in the wake of things that are going on in Syria and the concern over the foreign fighters that are, that are going to be returning to North America, the, the way that we've seen them you know, impact Europe. But I'm afraid that the attention that's being paid to these low-level stray mutt terrorists is going to detract attention away from the high-level threat and the professional terrorist uh, operatives. Absolutely. Focusing in a little bit more, I know you have some experience in Central America, is that correct? Uh, yes, I, I was the assistant regional security officer, actually the, the deputy regional security officer at the U.S. Embassy in, in Guatemala City, but I also worked in Belize, I worked in El Salvador, and pretty extensively in Nicaragua. All right, yeah, so you know what's going on down there. So what would you say some of the national security concerns down there are, and how are they unique maybe from what the U.S. and Europe are experiencing? Well, I mean, one of the things and one of the big challenges for them is that they're just such a huge transit zone for narcotics and then, of course, for people. So the second part of it, obviously, is that those countries don't have the level of law enforcement and security training and professionalism that we have in the U.S., and so it's kind of an easier target for these criminals to operate. It's a permissive environment for the most part for them. Of course, you have huge issues with corruption, both at you know the police level, but, but even at the national political level, we've seen you know high-level 
uh, government officials you know, involved in, in that kind of corruption. So it, it really is a, a huge issue. And, and because of the environment, because of the criminals that are working there, you really have just this out-of-control crime now. And uh, it's, it's been very difficult to reel it in, everything from kidnapping to cargo theft and, and, you know, anything in between. Definitely. Now, what about the U.S.-Mexico border? There's been all this rhetoric about building a wall. Would that really actually do anything, do you think? Well, I, I think we need to really understand what are we protecting it against. Basically, when we look at the narcotics trade, and, and to a lesser extent, the, the human trade, what is driving it is, is economics, and that's demand. As long as there is a demand pull on the northern side of the border, and there is that economic incentive to meet that demand, creative smugglers are going to find ways to, to bypass whatever we do. That means they're going to go, if, even if we have a huge wall, they're going to go under the wall, over the wall, or increasingly, as these uh, physical obstacles become more formidable, they're using corruption to get through the wall. And, and that's one of the things that I think that, that people miss sight of. The vast majority of, of the high-value narcotic shipments coming into this country are, are not coming through the middle of the desert. They're packed in a container that's being pulled through a border point of entry, sometimes through corruption, sometimes not. But still, most of the stuff's coming in through that humongous flow on, on the NAFTA superhighway. And so, uh, you know, even if we build these walls to keep things out, it, it's not going to really solve the problem in the long run. Yeah, that's really a great point. Last question for you. What trends or threats are you keeping an eye on, even if they're sort of under the radar right now? There's a, a number of things that I'm looking at. Obviously, we are still very concerned about the issue of the returning fighters from, from Syria and Iraq. Of course, we're also worried about these uh, loon wolves or stray mutts and, and that whole threat that it poses. But I'm still concerned about the professional terrorist operatives who are still out there. You know, we, we know that there are still a handful of very well educated, very well-trained al-Qaeda operatives who are passing on the things that they learned over the years to, you know, new generations of operatives to come and, you know, try to conduct attacks in the United States. And I think that we really need to continue to focus on them. I'm also really concerned about, you know, creative terrorist operatives and planners who will try to use part of our national infrastructure in an attack against us again the way that we saw that happen on 9-11, using our air transit or air transport infrastructure against us, I'm concerned that there are other sectors that are vulnerable to that. And whether that's from an external actor, and you know, like, like an Al-Qaeda or Islamic State planning it, or whether it's due to the internal threat, you know, somebody within one of these companies using one of these facilities or you know, uh, you know, one of these other means to attack the United States. And I think that that's really what bothers me as far as a catastrophic or a really significant attack coming in the future. Sure, yeah, and here at the seminar, we've heard a lot of conversation about the critical infrastructure and how that can be leveraged by terrorists. So it's a really great point. Scott, that's all I've got for you today, but thank you so much for joining us here at ASIS 2016. Thank you for having me. And be sure to check out Lily's Homeland Security column every month in Security Management. Thanks for tuning in to this bonus episode of Security Management Highlights. Bye-bye. <laughs>